Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. You heard it straight out of Vegas. Cofield along with R.J. Bell. And tonight, every college football night in the wise guy chair, Brad Powers. Guys, we tell you, Steve, this Vegas lead I'm excited to talk about. I was on with Colin Cowherd on TV on Wednesday, also Fox Sports Radio. And we were talking about the following fact. And Brad, I want to get your thoughts on this. If Alabama wins out and the Ohio State Buckeyes win out, Buckeyes nearly 100% make the playoffs, first two-loss team ever. And what I would pose to you guys is who's the alternatives, right? Because at that point, the SEC doesn't have anyone that's viable, right? Either Auburn has three losses uh, or I guess both would be the case, right? Auburn would have three losses and Georgia would have two just having lost the championship game. And then number two would be the Miami of Florida Clemson winner is in for sure. Now, some people might say, well, if Miami loses and they only have the one loss, you know, to me, they're probably pretty analogous to Wisconsin at that point, which is not, you know, because assuming Wisconsin beats Michigan, have one pretty good win, 
right? Michigan and Notre Dame's not that far off, right? And otherwise, that's it. If anything, Wisconsin's exceeded expectations in some of those bl- uh, blowout games more, I would say. And so I don't think it's Miami with one loss. And obviously, Clemson with two would be a challenge because they're not the ACC champ. So now Oklahoma wins out their number three, and Buckeyes are four. I don't even know what the argument is. Agree, disagree? Uh, 100% agree with that. I guess if Miami loses a heartbreaker, say it's a fluke thing that they lose in the final seconds, maybe I can make the case that, that they would have and a, not even a solid argument, maybe a chance. So you're telling me there's a chance. Uh, but no, I think the Buckeyes clearly in. Because let's face it, after last year, the committee fully said their number one overriding factor this year, they're going to value a conference champ. Miami wouldn't be. Ohio State would. And it doesn't mean that every conference champ makes it. It just means because obviously there'd be a Pac-12 champ that wouldn't make it in this scenario. But to me, who else is in the conversation? USC? I mean, they're not going to be in it. You know, right now USC is about 75 to 1 if I'm remembering to win the title. So obviously it's a long shot for them to even get in the playoffs. Yeah, and Vegas sort of agrees. You look at Ohio State's national title odds were 75 to 1 two weeks ago, now 16 to 1. That's to win it all <laughs> to make the playoff 3 to 1. Everyone else is down 10, 15, 20 to 1 after the Buckeyes. So Cofield, you are a at heart a talk radio guy. Is does it because I had people on Twitter saying hot take, hot take? No, I think this is pure logic. You backed it up, absolutely. You did. You backed can, it up. Can and you can you even play devil's advocate? No, no, not the way you you drew it up. I mean, we had the argument last week. If Auburn can go all the way through and knock off Alabama, then then there's then we've got a situation where the SEC could have two teams, and well, well, the other conferences are going to flip out. First off, it's not the SEC could have two teams. It's almost unequivocally they're going to have two teams. Because let's think of the two scenarios. One is Auburn beats Bama. Bama doesn't make the title game. Bama has one loss. Winner of Auburn and Georgia, for sure, I think, are in at that point. So you're going to have a one-loss Alabama not be in? So to me, I don't see the scenario and five dimes an online book had up the title odds, and I tweeted those out at RJ in Vegas today, and they had Alabama maybe minus 550. Like So to me, that's saying there's almost a 20% chance or a 15% chance they're not going to make it. Tell me the scenario, guys, open question, where Bama doesn't make it. Because uh, they can't lose two games. Yeah, they get absolutely An- hammered yep. by uh, Auburn. That's their quarterback so, so gets hurt. Lose- so, yeah. No, 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 but forget a quarterback yeah. getting hurt because their back is probably yeah. almost as good, right? So yeah. uh, if Alabama loses by 25, all right, they're not going to make the playoffs? A yeah. one-loss team? The the instance this year, which is in their favor, is Ohio State has a blowout loss. Exactly, which is what – and again, guys, if you enjoy – I'll be honest, I don't troll. It's, it's not my thing. <laughs> but I – and I'm being genuine, but I feel – I can see kind of the – the pleasure, I guess, of trolling because <laughs> the amount of people that are so mad, they're like screaming on, you know, all caps on Twitter, you're a homer, you know, you're from Ohio State. It's like, come on, you're like, yeah, I'm going to be putting my reputation on the line because I'm pro Buckeyes. Come on. I mean, it's absurd, but, but it's like people are so mad at Ohio State because all well, the last year they shouldn't have made it. And it's like, oh, because they lost the game. I mean, it's, who yeah. cares? Every year is a separate year. Stop with last year. It shouldn't play in at all, right? No. 
Well, the funny thing is the Buckeyes were borderline to make it the year they won the title. Right, we talked about that a few weeks ago. Is they yep. jumped TCU and Baylor that time, which neither of them lost. And then the I great remember. thing after they win, everyone's like, "Oh, it was justified." Eh, technically, I was it justified or not? I don't know. This the 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 problem now is there's so much depth from five down to eight, nine or ten that coming up with any hardcore conclusion at the end of all of this, I, I don't know. Is is the national champion the true national champion? If they, it's more so now than it's ever been in history. It's better than it was. It's yeah. I mean, guys. I, I mean, in the past it was ridiculous. I actually, I had a chance to talk to Gino Toretta today. Just buzzed him on the phone, but we had him on a show. And you remember those Miami teams, 91, 92 range. Some of the all-time great teams. They had to share a national title with Washington. That was outrageous back then. Well, that Edmund, the Ad, Edmund, Steve, that, yep, Edmund. That yep. was a pretty good team, yeah. though. <laughs> The, Mi- the Miami team was badass, though. <laughs> yeah. That was, what, 91? We've, we've yes. gotten away from that. Um, are we all on board with expanding it even more down the road? Like, what? what is Armageddon-wise, what would have to happen to... Wouldn't it be the two SEC team, which you think could really happen? If that happens, isn't there a call from these other conferences to well, say, hey, we got screwed? Let's be clear about something, because this is quantifiable. Yeah. Is if you take the odds of Alabama losing to Auburn based on the money line and the projected line against Georgia, the odds of them winning both games, Alabama winning both games is 45%. So it's better than 50% Bama doesn't win out. And as I told Colin, then it's bedlam. Let me give you a... Go ahead, Steve, and then I want to give a scenario. Give it. All right, check this scenario out. All right, so it doesn't matter. Georgia Auburn's in and Alabama's in. All right? Obviously, Miami and the Clemson winner's in. All right, so you've got three in right now. Now, imagine this. Oklahoma wins out in this scenario. Wisconsin wins out. So now you have a one-loss Oklahoma. Or in theory, you could have Alabama out or an undefeated Wisconsin. What happens there? I think Alabama's probably out. That's the chaos I'm talking about. If unbeaten Wisconsin from the Big Ten is out, oh boy. And and But the funny thing is, what would the line be right now, Brad, Wisconsin, and Alabama? Uh, Alabama would be favored by double digits, probably 10 or 11 points on a neutral. I, I agree, if not more. So, I mean, assuming they win out, you're, they're going to get reevaluated. And that's an important thing to remember, guys. When you're doing these hypotheticals, you always got to kind of assume, uh, you know, let's say Wisconsin makes the playoffs, what's the odds? Well, that means they beat Ohio State most likely, which means they're better than we thought. So in the end, we want to know what's actionable for this week. Let me ask one more yeah, yeah. talk radio question. Because I was on... Square chair over here. I was on... You can he- steal it. That's okay. Well, but this is fascinating. Well, I'm very sharp with my talk radio talking. <laughs> it was very fascinating. I was on Houston radio today. And, and the following debate happened. And I just want an answer. A simple, you know, A or B. I'll start with you, Brad. Would you... Upgrade or downgrade Ohio State if they had beat Iowa and lost to Penn State? Because then they would still have two losses. And really, the crux of this question is, are we judging teams by their wins? Or are we judging teams by their losses? Because to me, this idea that, oh, that Iowa was a horrible loss, I don't care who you lose to. I care who you beat. And to me, I much more I would downgrade the Buckeyes if they had beat Iowa and not 
beat Penn State, what would you do? Slight downgrade. Uh, so downgrade if we flipped it. If we meaning flipped it. you like that they got blown out by Iowa more, <laughs> I mean, relatively, than if they didn't beat Penn State. Well, it would show me that against two top five teams, both at home, couldn't get the job done against Oklahoma and Penn State. So, yeah, it would be. What would you feel? I don't understand the logic of that. To me, the, the Penn State-Ohio State game is a, a wash. One well, way or the but, other. But you're, now you're getting to be a little sharp there, right? It is when well, it comes that, to how good a team is. Absolutely. But, but when it comes to the reality of, you know, and this is what I brought up, yeah. is are we really going to, if Ohio State had uh, Tennessee Tech or something on their schedule instead of Oklahoma, there'd be no debate about. Yep. So, so it's like or if we're going to penalize for – uh, tough schedule, then I thought that I believe this has been the worst year of games. Now, it looks like we've got some good games coming up, but to this point, can we remember a year that's had less interesting games than this year? Last two weeks were good, but man, we went through the dream podcast, felt like five straight weeks where we didn't have hardly and, any and, big games. And, and this week's horrible. Yeah. So, are you talking in conference or out of conference? I'm talking about all the games. If you just add up and say, like, if, if you're going to rank the, let's say you wanted to watch two games a weekend. So, let's say the 26 best games of the year. Now, it wouldn't have to be every weekend, I, I, but let's say that you're going to take the two best games every week. It strikes me this year, there's been times that second game hasn't been very good, even the second game. I totally agree. And this week would be prime example A of that. But how great was it that Oklahoma and Ohio State played? Right? I, I'm all for that. How great was it that Alabama and Florida State played, though? Obviously, Florida State in hindsight. Uh, to me, let me ask you this question. If a team scheduled if a team scheduled 13 top 20 teams. Now, here's the thing about football. You schedule years ahead. You never know how good they're going to be. But let's just say by some happenstance, you have 13 games. You're Notre Dame, so you don't have a conference. You have 13 games against all top 20 teams. If you go 8-5, and five, <laughs> you're probably the – like, what would Alabama go if they played all top 20 teams this year? You know, maybe 9-4, and four, right? They'd lose some games. So would – wouldn't we want to encourage that? To yes. me, on the committee, I think the only thing that should matter is your good wins. I, I really, or all your wins, right? But, you know, obviously the good wins mean more. So if you go undefeated, that's great. You've got all those wins. But really, if you're a Wisconsin and you're playing, uh, you know, two, let's say, teams that are 50 or 60 in the country, does even two wins against the number 50 and 60 team equal one win against the 12th best team? It doesn't for me. So it feels like the committee, by obsessing over losses, is encouraging teams to schedule weekly when they have a choice out of conference. They should be moving more towards the Vegas model, which is power rankings, which is quality of schedule. Well, that would be the dream scenario to set up a real playoff. Well, remember, though, and I know we got to run, but last thing, the difference is, and, and we've said this a bunch, is if a team loses three coin flips at the end of a game, three straight games, or wins three, the difference in the AP poll, the difference in the playoff rankings huh. is night and day. But for, for the Vegas approach, Brad's approach doesn't move the needle at all. So in a, a weird way, you have to acknowledge wins and losses mean that. So it's not like a Vegas, how good the team really is. It's how good has their season been, I think is the question. But the way to critique a season, I believe, is based on your wins, not by taking demerits for your losses. Because when you lose, you 
lose a win, meaning that's a game that doesn't add up to your wins. I don't care how much you lose. I want to know how many games you won. Motivation is a big question this week with uh, at least half a dozen games. We'll start hitting the games, including Ohio State laying a big number against Illinois. That's up next straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Rolling on straight out of Vegas. Right here on Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. So we laid out all the possibilities that could allow a two-loss Ohio State team into the college football playoff. Now they got to go on the field. They should be motivated. Now what does that mean, though, when you've got a spread against Illinois? 41 points! The Buckeyes are favored. And obviously the consideration, I will say just to clarify, Steve, I don't think we went through all the scenarios. We went through the most obvious because if it does go to Bedlam, sure. there could be two two-loss teams and you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, to me, the question, Brad, is style points. Is do the Buckeyes, because I think if the Buckeyes would have beat Michigan State by six points, do you think we'd be having the same conversation right now? I I, I, th- I think as much as they, the committee tries to say that style points don't matter, and maybe this isn't even about the committee. This is the media's response. But my sense is that Urban Meyer is going to want to establish. I mean, just imagine psychologically going into Michigan. If they win by 21 in scenario A this week, the Buckeyes, and if they win by 51, it feels like a very different thing. It feels like style points do matter for the Buckeyes. And the market agrees with you because the money has poured in on Ohio State. This one opened 38 and a half up to 41. So there's a feeling that they're going to want to go for style points in this one. And you look traditionally speaking, you know, his entire coaching career, when he has a chance to do so, Urban Meyer is not afraid to run it up on an opponent. And I completely agree with your statement. If they beat Michigan State even by 21, 24 points, they still cover last week. I don't think we're having this discussion. The fact they won by 45, handed Michigan State their biggest loss in 17 years. Uh, that's why everyone's playing off to Ohio State. The question is, do I lean with Ohio State here laying 41? Uh, I don't actually lean with the over. I'm going to pass on the side. Pass side over. What's the over under? Uh, the over is 53 and a half. So if, I mean, there'd be correlation if you're going to go with the Buckeyes. Well, remember most, and, and that's interesting, guys, is if your bookie will allow you to bet Ohio State and over, then it's certainly correlated, meaning if the Buckeyes cover, there's a better chance that it goes over. Most won't let you, but hey, this is a, uh, this is Darwinian, right? Is in this business. You know, I've got a quick story. I'm not proud of this, but I sort of am. There was a, a bookie I had, and, you know, I think the statute of limitations is up. It was a while. It was, you know, 20 years ago before I came to Vegas. And this was pre internet. So this was like maybe 93, 94. And it was New Year's Day. And this is back when it was all the big games, pretty much on New Year's Day, right? College ba- or football. And, but there was maybe a dozen college basketball games. And he gave me a, the nighttime rundown. This is old school. You call up. You got your schedule. He's giving you the rundown, right? And I notice he gives me a game that got time changed and was played already in the afternoon. All right? So <laughs> I called up. And I said, listen. And at the time, I, th- I was betting pretty heavy. I was like betting maybe two dimes a game. So... 
uh, 2000 a game. So it was like, hey, listen, I really like this. I think it was like Alaska or something. I really like this Alaska Anchorage. Can I double up my max bet and go to four dimes? He's like, okay, okay. And I said, and I'm thinking of doing a parlay with him. Now, I had never, I, I don't think I bet a parlay with this guy ever. And so I parlayed it with one more game for like a dime, and that game won too. So I, and honestly, I had such a bad New Year's Day. It would have been a catastrophe, but luckily it wasn't. You better hope there's no small sports Fox sports radio affiliate in Ohio where someone's listening. This, this family is, of family. This is a long time ago. <laughs> All right, some of the big TV games. Uh, stick with the Big Ten. Noon start, Michigan at Wisconsin. This is now seven. It was seven and a half. It's now seven. Uh, let's first talk about what best bet territory here with Fezzik, RJ. Absolutely. And to me, this is something where Fez, NFL expert, but a guy who really does a great job. And, and Brad, you do the same thing on the NFL side. I really believe you can only focus on one sport at a time, right? I think that you could focus on NBA or college basketball come January. But if you try to do both, it's tough, right? So you guys are both pretty sharp where you say, I'm going to spend 80% of my time on my specialty, you for college, Fez for pros. He's in the 11 Pacific hour tomorrow with the NFL preview, but he spends, you know, 20% of his time on college, but then he has a network of guys he trusts. And he aggregates six or eight of these opinions. And his college stuff sometimes some years do they do better. He does better with it. And this is from the dream preview. And he sits in on the college edition with me, Brad, and Ken Thompson. And here is his best bet on this Michigan Wisconsin game. Game 416, Michigan at Wisconsin. We're going under the 41. I really like this play. Wisconsin, their defense all year long has given up maximum of 17 points to their opponent's offense. We all know Michigan struggles to score. How they're going to get 17 would be a leap of faith. Michigan has only given up more than 20 points once all year long. So Wisconsin, they're a grinded out, run a lot type of team. We'll give them 20 points. Second best effort against Michigan all year long. We get the 20 to 13. We go comfortably under the 41. All right, Brad, agree or disagree on that? Then give us your side pick. Yeah, I agree with him. And in fact, I agree with him so much at this point at the current lines with the, the side going down to seven, a key number. I think that's the way to go in this game is to take the under. And like he said, Michigan's defense has only had one bad performance all season. Wisconsin's been the model of consistency on both sides of the ball. And we've had a lot of higher scoring games involving both of these teams. That's created a little bit of value. And the weather is not going to be advantageous. So this is an old school type of Big Ten game. Best play under. I was liking Michigan all week, but so is the rest of the market. They went from a 10-point underdog down to a 7-point underdog in this one. Wow, so uh, touching on two key numbers there. Colin on Michigan as well. Big Jim Harbaugh guy. <sighs> yeah. That's been part of the motivation. That's what he's been saying all week. Listen, the guy can coach. And do you know the story behind it? He was not a Harbaugh guy, but Harbaugh was in the studios and wrote Colin a nice little note. And Colin's been all about Harbaugh ever since. Wow. When, when was this now? The, the, this past offseason. Sounds like a shot of Colin's handicapping. Like he's really in the square chair. What are you doing, Brad? No, no, I don't think so. I think I, but here's the reality, and I think people forget these are human beings, sure. you know. Because remember, I, I don't know if you guys heard, but I, it may maybe it was a year and a half or or so before he left 
his former employer, <laughs> as it said, is the uh, Harbaugh had one of the most uncomfortable interviews I've ever heard yeah, on yeah, the yeah, old yeah, herd yeah, show. Yeah. So, you know, when you feel that you're not going to pick games around that, but it's certainly easier to be critical of someone you don't like, right? That's just human. It happens with alphas, right? We'll get to uh, another alpha. Jim Moore Jr. is a real peach sometimes. Uh, UCLA, USC is a game we want to hit on, but let's get to Ralph Irvin. He's got the latest with the NBA. Gentlemen, it was uh, quite a night in the NBA. It, it wrapped up with Phoenix going into L.A. and dropping the Lakers 1-22-113. Denver had six players in double figures. They hammered New Orleans 146-114. San Antonio came back from a 23-point deficit. They beat Oklahoma City 104-101. you got to ask Greg Popovich, hey, coach, how'd you come back? Fewer turnovers and an attitude change from poor me to screw you. Well, I guess it worked. Meanwhile, Cleveland, a 118-113 overtime win. LeBron James, 39 points. Kevin Love had 25 in the victory. Of course, you can get all the scores right now at foxsports.com. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And gentlemen, tonight, UNLV, a 38-35 winner over New Mexico, moving their record to 5-6. and six. The Rebels will be bowl eligible with a win over Nevada next week. Quite a far cry from the team that fell to Howard earlier this season. And for the record, it would just be the fifth UNLV bowl appearance in their history. Steve Cofield, RJ Bell in the wise guys chair. It's Brad Powers. You asked a question about five minutes ago. Bowl eligible. UNLV. Yeah, everyone makes a bowl if you get the six wins. And I still remember. Yeah, which is... (laughs) It's cool. insanity. Well, I guess it's There's good like for... like 35 games. I guess it's good for batters, but it's like... <laughs> I mean, shouldn't a bowl game at least be, let's say, the fifth or sixth best game on a random Saturday? Like, I can get it not being the best game on a random Saturday, but shouldn't it be one of the top five or six? RJ, last year there was a game that wasn't televised. <laughs> like, we're not televising a bowl game? What's the point? Uh, I tell you this, too, is... I, I, I think I've said before, I was at the... Kansas Orange Bowl when they ended up beating um or they they ended up winning the Orange Bowl. I guess was that Virginia Tech, I think, if I'm remembering right. And it's the Orange Bowl. I had like 30 tickets. Just somehow I got someone gave me. And they said, Hey, go sell these. Like no one wanted any tickets. And he said, Go sell these and just keep the money. I couldn't sell that. I was trying to give them away for five bucks in the parking lot. No one wanted these tickets. Like no, so it's like if the Orange Bowl, which is one of you know back then and you know oh, was boy. one of the big, it, it seems like in a weird way the playoffs now the Rose Bowl I think and there's a couple but man oh man it, it the play, as great as the playoffs are it feels like it takes away from these other games it, the other it, bowl games it definitely de-emphasizes the the rest of the bowl games where January first used to be. If this team beat this team and this team beat this one and they lost, a lot more teams had a shot at the national title back in the day. You know, last thing on this, and I'm no college football expert, but let's think back to, let's say, uh, go back to Kansas. Kansas, Missouri used to play every year. And it was, I think, the last game of the year every year, kind of like Michigan, Ohio State. And it was a game that the Midwest really cared about, especially when Kansas was winning more. What do you think about a, a bowl model that would have, let's say, a group of 
six or eight teams that have, let's say, maybe Pitt. You know, it's funny because when Pitt ends up playing, you know, uh, WVU and, you know, they're not in the same conference, but, you know, it's kind of a geographic rivalry. Wouldn't it be interesting if there was like a group of like eight or ten teams in a geographic reason, region and any team that makes some big bowl is out of the mix, but then it's the two best teams from those eight playing and it would it would feel like you'd have some rivalries and and, and doesn't the um military academies do something like this right whereas it's it's there's a universe of the academies that can make this game correct yeah, Brett? yeah. i mean they're tied in if they get to bowl eligibility they're going to that specific bowl game uh, i i'm all for this you know texas texas a&m getting some of these games that we haven't seen uh, before it would definitely help out the attendance in some of these bowl games. I mean, I'd be interested in some of those geographic rivalries that uh, that are cross conference. Can we fix the top first and get an eight team playoff or sixteen, and then we can worry about the bottom feeders so, and so rivalries? So first off, there's no way in heck we're ever going to get sixteen teams. And I'll be honest with you, I don't have any idea what the smart line on this is. I will lay minus three hundred. That in the next five years, we don't go to eight teams. Really? Because of the concussion issue. I don't think you can make the case to have these kids play another game now. All right, well, let's talk rivalries. So a uh, late game tomorrow, today, 8 o'clock Eastern. UCLA is catching 15 and a half, 16 against USC. I know there's a lot of UFC, USC, sorry, uh, points from this game. I wonder what the motivation is on the Bruins side with Jim Moore Jr. Are they going to fight for him to stay around? Uh, the, their quarterback will. We saw it from their quarterback, Josh Rosen, last week throwing for nearly 400 yards, and that's why I'm leaning with the Bruins here. I think when you got a spread over two touchdowns, you got a USC team that has not shown killer instinct the last two weeks. They've had a chance to really blow out their last two opponents, haven't done so. To me, it's USC getting a win over the rival, not worrying about margin. They have a bye week prior to Pac-12 title game, so a little bit of questionable motivation, in my opinion, for USC I'm taking the UCLA Bruins with the lean here, plus the points. Now, Brad, you have a trend on UCLA as a road team. You want to share that? <laughs> yeah, this one's against my lean on the Bruins, but man, they're probably the worst road team in college football the last couple of seasons. 1-11-1 against the spread on the road. Yikes. Uh, biggest bet game remaining on the board. Noon, Texas at West Virginia, getting three and a half, and Texas has appeared to fade the last couple of weeks, the loss against TCU, and then couldn't blow away Kansas. Yeah, worried about their depth here. They've lost a couple of key guys, but I'm still going to lean with the, the horns here, and I'll go back to that great underdog staff for Tom Herman, dating back to his days as the offensive coordinator at Ohio State, 14-1 against the number, and let's be honest. So 14-1 so four, in what situation? Uh, as an underdog. In any underdog role, with big, small, it doesn't matter. And <laughs> as the OC, we argued uh, probably about six weeks ago about this. It counts. It counts. I'll give you that one. Well, so here's the theory. Yeah. So what? why would a guy do well as an underdog? I, I think confidence perhaps, right? I mean, because if you're a great coach, if it's just how great you are, it's going to be applicable as a favorite and a dog, right? So I think it's important with all these trends. And I'll give you an example. I have a little tease to tomorrow's second hour. So remember, guys, on Saturday right here on Fox Sports Radio, 330 stations nationwide, coast to coast, Series 83. This is the only show that's Las Vegas odds and predictions on any of the three major radio networks ever, ever. And we're very proud of that. And tomorrow night, 
10 o'clock Pacific time to midnight. It's two hours. The first hour recaps college football. Second hour previews the NFL. One of the trends I had, and I'll just go over it real quickly, is the Ravens are in a great spot favored by two and at Green Bay. And here's the rationale is road favorites off a bye are like 73% since two weeks after 9-11. And the reason we started there was, you know, sadly, after 9-11, everyone had a bye, but it was a very atypical bye. So we started right after that with this trend, 73% against the spread. Why? I think the logic is great, which is why do road teams struggle in general, especially road favorites, is you're you're so much better than this team because you're favored on the road against them. You're going to let those road distractions sometimes get in the way. But when you have a bye, you tend not to, right? So, Brad, let me ask you this question. You've got a trend that, that is pretty potent with the underdog for this coach. What's the rationale? Well, the rationale is he's kind of an alpha type of coach. Uh, he doesn't consider himself to be a dog, even though the line says that, and maybe he ex- you know, exudes that, conf- uh, that confidence onto his players. And another reason, obviously, I like Texas here, getting the all-important hook, three and a half, around a very key three number here. So, Steve, if we're going to debate, do you count him as an OC? I think the question is, with that logic, would the alpha, would the confidence as an OC apply? Yeah, I think so. Now, they're big-time coaches. They make a lot of money. As you pointed out on the dream preview, no. As you pointed out on the dream preview, you were talking about uh, offensive line coaches. Now, some of them at these major schools are making three, four hundred thousand. The Ohio State coach, four hundred thousand dollars a year. Uh, the so, O line coach. The O line coach. Yeah. Well, li- listen. Yeah. You look at the the coaching pedigree. I mean, it's like you got coaches that were like. I'll give you an example. A, a guy who I'm friends with, Eric Wolford, was the coach at Youngstown State for a while. So you know, he he went around like all coaches do. He was at South Carolina as a line coach. Got hired at Youngstown State. Was there three years. Got fired. Went back to you know South Carolina. And well, he actually was in the NFL with the 49ers for a couple of years, and now he's back at South Carolina. And you know, he's making great money. I don't know his exact number, but this guy was a head coach. Now, right. obviously, Youngstown State's Youngstown State, but this is South Carolina. If you look at Ohio State, they've, they've got guys that were coordinators that are now like the, the second linebacker coach. Yeah, Kevin Wilson, the Indiana and Greg coach. Shiano and, and is and Greg Shiano, the Rutgers coach, and an NFL coach running so, the defense. So to me, I love that. And, and this is something I think the herd talked about a lot, Colin did for years, which was one of the reasons the SEC is so successful is because they take it so seriously. In a way, we could sit back and go, it's kind of stupid to take football so seriously. But that's why at a place like Ohio State, they're figuring, okay, we're going to pay 400 k for the line coach. That's why they win. And when you've got a $12 million budget for an entire coaching staff, it makes a difference. Smart money game of the week, and we've got a couple of these. Cal plus 16 against Stanford. Again, another gigantic rivalry spot. Where's the smart money? Uh, the smart money's on Cal, and I like Cal as well. Fully agree with this, and to me, it's all about the situation. Cal coming off a bye here, t- catching Stanford off a big outright upset win against Washington, big game against Notre Dame on deck. And number two factor for me, unlike the past five years, because Stanford's owned this series, Cal matches up a lot better, more physical this year under a first-year coach. I love the Bears here. Another smart money spot, Central Florida. A lot on the line, 13 and a half, taking on Temple. Yeah, and normally, let's face it, guys, uh, we're not talking Central Florida football too often, but they're top 15, and we got a week slate of games here. But this is key for me. Here's you, you look at the tickets, 
on Central Florida. 50-50 the cash, blowing right through a key number. Central Florida's favored by 14.5, numbers down to 13. I agree with that move. I lean with Temple, and it's a Temple team, tail of two five-game parts of the season. First five games, minus 100 yards per game. Last five games, this is a team plus 100 yards per game, so they're much better at least the last five games than what their overall body of work says. So I tweeted out the national title odds and the odds of making the playoffs, and Central Florida's on the list. So one, Brad, what's the scenario? I mean, is it is it clear what the scenario is for them? Uh, no chance. All right, so you think no chance? No, no, none. I mean, total bedlam chaos. Need every, almost every so conference extreme, can't have extre- two losses. Extreme case. Okay. And I thought this was interesting. Is Would Central Florida be favored over Florida State right now? They would, I think. And would they be favored over Florida? Oh, absolutely. They'd be laying more than a touchdown to Florida. <laughs> so imagine this for a second. Is What odds could you have gotten entering the year that Central Florida would be better than Florida and Florida State at this point in the season? 200 to 1. <laughs> Big odds. Can I get super crazy? What would Florida Atlantic be against those teams with Kiffin? A dog still. To How big? Oh, oh, look, Florida's only laying 10 points to UAB this week at home. So yeah, They maybe, just started the program. Ma- yeah, and maybe, maybe three points is all. Best bet on the way back, a pros versus Joes. we got to get into Georgia and motivation this week. Straight out of Vegas right here on Fox Sports Radio. It's straight out of Vegas, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. It's Steve Cofield. RJ Bell is here. Brad Powers, best bet coming up in a moment. First, though, listen, this is Fox, right? Obviously, there's competition with the other networks, but I do think it's worth saying last day of Mike and Mike today. And I mean, you really think about it over the course of the last 20 years of talk radio or 15, whatever you want to call it, you know, obviously one of the handful of shows that's really mattered. And for me, years ago, I was a bit, you know, last few years, I haven't listened, you know, hardly at all, actually. But for years, I was listening, you know, a good bit. And I think it was a heck of an accomplishment what those guys did. And I think it was worthy of a quick comment. Yes. An amazing run. 18 years together, not ripping your heads off. Boy, it was that's fun. a good run. It was funny on Twitter, though. Everyone was like breaking down. It was like the JFK assassination tape. Like the last the last uh, segment, they weren't looking at each other. I didn't see that. Is that uh, right? Oh, Everyone I mean, was picking it apart? On Twitter, it was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Uh, let's get back to these games. And, and best bet coming up here in less than five minutes. All right, Georgia, motivation spot here. Uh, they're looking ahead. Kentucky, they're laying 21 and a half. Georgia is favored. Well, here's the thing. The public thinks Georgia's due for a bounce back because they're betting Georgia with like 85% of the tickets. But the wise guys are fading Georgia here after that blowout loss to Auburn where the line's gone from 24 down to 21 and a half. And here's what's unequivocal. Georgia controls their own destiny. If they win out, they are in the playoffs. And as far as my lean goes for this game, though, I'm going to agree with the wise guys here and lean with Kentucky plus the 21 and a half. However, I love the over here because I do like the matchup. I think Georgia, if they want to, t- if they want to beat Auburn or Alabama in the SEC title game, they got to work on the passing game. Great opponent to do so. Kentucky's a horrible pass defense. I think this is a trap week for some teams. So I love the storyline. Miami against Virginia. I'm worried about the Canes laying 19 and a half against Virginia. 
I am too, and let's clarify. We said for weeks Miami's overrated. Well, they're not overrated when they're playing a big-time opponent in a primetime game. Two quick things here. We've seen them already play down the level of their competition in three or four spots this year. They have questionable motivation here because they're in the top four of the playoffs. They're a big favorite, and they're playing a noon start time where I think the crowd at kickoff time, the stands might be half empty. That's why I love Virginia plus the points here. Tennessee is on the field at home without Butch Jones. LSU is laying 15 and a half, 16. I don't like the spot for Tennessee. I don't think it's an upgrade. I'm going to base it on what happened to Florida. What happened to Florida the first game after uh, Shark Guy went by by Jim McElwain with Randy Shannon. Man, they laid down at Mizzou. And, and here's the thing. More often than not, I would like to play on a team, of at least the first game with an interim coach, because you usually get... You know, that one-game uptick where the players are a little bit emotional. They want to really rally for the guy. Here's the difference in this one. Brady Hoke has no chance to become the head coach. So you're not playing for this guy to maybe get the job. And he hasn't been there. This is his first year, so he doesn't have a prior relationship. LSU fought for Orgeron because Orgeron recruits they like Orgeron. Hoke is now a vagabond at this point. Absolutely. And you see these players once again at the end of the season fighting for Orgeron. They're 5-0 and against the number. Last five games, give me the Tigers. Best bet time. From Brad Powers. And what's nice about the best bats, we talk about the leans, we talk about the likes, but with the best bats, you know Brad's betting his own money on it. What are you doing? Why does guy don't carry his money in a wallet? Hey, why does guy carry his money in a roll? All right, Brad, where, which game are you taking the rubber band off for? And, and I'm not a hot take guy usually, but I can almost say this. I have never seen a bigger sandwich spot than this. You have... Auburn coming off a blowout win over the number one team in the country, and they have the number one team, Alabama, on deck. So, therefore, I'm taking their opponent this week, UL Monroe, plus the 37. This bud's for you. It's a big, ugly underdog. <laughs> and big, ugly underdogs have done well this year. If you just blindly have played 30 or more point underdogs, you're 57 and 21 against the spread. UL Monroe is coming off a bye. And if I got a big dog, I need one or one of two things. I either need a defense that's capable of making a couple of spots or I, got, I need an offense that can pull in the back door. This UL Monroe offense averaging nearly 40 points per game, nearly 500 yards per game. I think they get the back door. Give me the Warhawks plus 37 points. I got to tell you, Cofield, I think Brad Power's best show. We're going to give him a little... Check out the big brain on Brad. Good stuff from Brad tonight. One more hit before we uh, move along. Penn State. I'm a little up in the air on Penn State in terms of their ability to run it up on people. I think they'll be motivated to do it. Penn State's laying 27 against Nebraska, where we know Mike Riley. Goodbye. Uh, I think Penn State's underrated. I actually think they're clearly a top 10 team. They're not in the top 10 in the polls. I think they run it up on Nebraska. Nebraska, to me, last week showed quit against Minnesota. There you go. Tomorrow, obviously, NFL preview. Fezzik and I had a fierce crossfire. Fezzik got crushed. So we're going to have to, for those that want to see the comeuppance, tune in tomorrow. Crushed? He got, who, who did he have? He didn't get crushed in the game. He didn't get crushed <laughs> in the debate. He had the Bills. The Bills. Well. It was pretty bad. They got crushed. It was pretty bad. A lot of people had the Bills. I'm not going to say who else on the show. This is a scientific Vegas term. They got crushed. Oh, they got crushed. <laughs> We, we all felt it. We all felt it big time. Make sure you go to pregame.com for Brad Power, Steve Cofield, RJ Bell. We'll see you tomorrow for two hours. Straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. (laughs) 